Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. We are just four weeks away from the opening of fall practice. The magazines are out, our season tickets have arrived in the mail, and with each hot summer day, our anticipation grows. Will year four be the one that sees us take down our rivals and return to elite status? The prevailing opinion from our fan base seems to be, this has to be the year. As any Michigan man will tell you, expectations are high for Michigan football every year, and they should be. That said, a brutal schedule lies ahead this year, and the prevailing opinion from a national perspective seems to be that we will be a very good team, but sweeping Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Ohio State on the road and beating Wisconsin and Penn State at home is a very tall order indeed. If we can do that, oh my, what a season it could be. We all know what our expectations are for Michigan football. They might not be realistic each year, but when you're close to a program, especially one that has had more downs than ups in the last decade, it's hard to maintain that balance. That's why it helps to get the perspective of someone who has observed Michigan from a distance and might have a more balanced view of just where we are in year four of the Jim Harbaugh era. So today we're going to hear from someone new to the Michigan beat. Cody Stavenhagen will be our beat guy from the Athletic Detroit. He just started in June, so it was interesting to hear his early impressions of Michigan football. He is no stranger to covering big-time college football. He was Oklahoma's beat writer for the Tulsa World the last two years. He was the AP Sports Editor's Beat Writer of the Year in 2016 and named one of the top 10 college football writers in 2017, again by AP. Up next is Cody Stavenhagen from the Athletic Detroit here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. With us on our game day segment this week here in early July, actually it's our first show of uh, the month, is the new Michigan beat writer, Cody Stavenhagen from The Athletic Detroit. It's great to have you on the show with us, Cody. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Well, and as we said, brand new to the Michigan beat, Cody. So tell the listeners a bit about yourself and uh, where you were before coming to The Athletic Detroit. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll do the best I can to summarize it. Uh, Before this, I covered um, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Sooners for the Tulsa World a newspaper in Oklahoma. So I covered the past two um, OU seasons, which they went to the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl, obviously, uh, covered Baker Mayfield's Heisman run and on the basketball front covered uh, Trey Young's incredible uh, one year at, at Oklahoma. So really it was, it was a, a great whirlwind beat. And that was my first um, full-time job, job out of college. I had had some other internships and covered the Texas Rangers and Chicago Cubs and White Sox for MLB.com briefly. Um, actually went to school at Oklahoma State University. Uh, before that, I was born and raised in Amarillo, Texas. Um, so I, I spent a little bit of time in the Upper Midwest before um, in Chicago and interned at the Minneapolis Star Tribune. But uh, I, I guess I've been in Michigan going on four weeks now. As, as I had never been to Michigan before, so it's a little bit of an adjustment. But 
Um, it was a really incredible opportunity to have the chance to join this team at the Athletic Detroit, um, just turning out a lot of incredible content, a lot of great writers and editors that I'm able to work with now. And to cover a school with, uh, with a tradition like Michigan is, is absolutely the type of opportunity I, I couldn't really pass up. Well, I know you've only been here, as you mentioned, four weeks or so uh, in Michigan, in the Ann Arbor area, so about a month. But share with us, Cody, some of your early impressions about Michigan football. Um, yeah, I think it, it's mostly what I thought it was. I mean, you can just um, be in this community or talk to people about Michigan and, number one, feel the, the sense of pride of this that I'm, I'm starting to learn very quickly is a little different than uh, fan bases elsewhere. You hear a lot about the, the high expectations Michigan has, and that's something I can I can definitely sense from the fans. And, you know, I know this fan base is, is kind of anxious entering this season, that it's a big one, that they're they're really ready to have uh, the big-time results. Um, just looking at the roster on paper, it seems like it's a team that should be capable of winning. You know, I don't want to put a, a number on it because predictions are, um, are kind of hard and they're so fluid and you don't know who's going to be healthy or who's going to be injured you know, how a, a ball is going to bounce in a certain game. But you got to think this team is more than capable of winning 10 games, if not more. Uh, and, and I think the fan base is certainly ready for that result. I had the, the, the luxury last week to get a quick tour of the Michigan football facilities and everything to kind of sense that history a little bit more. Um, you know, look at the weight room and the locker room. I think there's some players there from one of their last, uh, last workouts of the month of June. Um, so anyway, that was nice just to get a little bit of a closer look. And, of course, once we hit July with Big Ten Media Days, once we uh, get into camp in August, I'll be there, you know, almost every day, really getting to know these players, these coaches, and, and just figuring out what, more what this team is going to be all about. Well, as we've said, you uh, are just new on the beat, but have you had the opportunity in just a few weeks you've been here to meet Coach Harbaugh or any of the staff yet? You know what? No, I haven't met um, any of the coaches. I, I only met with some of the media relations folks over in Michigan uh, who are who are very helpful, by the way. Uh, and, and they kind of, you know, most of the staff is out or at least in and out right now. Um, Coach Harbaugh may be around a little more, but I have not met him at all. A lot of the staff is either out recruiting or out on vacation or uh, whatever, depending how the schedule lies. So it's kind of an in and out uh, time of year, a little bit of a strange time of year to be starting on the beat. But definitely looking forward to uh, meeting some of the, the people, Coach Harbaugh and the rest of his staff as soon as possible. Well, as we've said, it is July. It's really tough to uh, – there are so many previews that we're going to do in the coming eight weeks and predictions. Yeah. As you said, it's it's impossible to do that. But in the last week, you did a, a two-part series in, in the Athletic Detroit Michigan Football Rewind, a look back at 2017 and what it means for this season. You said there was plenty of promise hiding in the cracks of that 8-5 and five year. What were some of those positives you saw that we can take away from last season, Cody? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, people knew this last year, but sometimes in the heat of the moment or the heat of a loss, it's easy to forget. Uh, just how young of a team Michigan was last season. Uh, the fact that you had to cycle through quarterbacks, the fact that you lost perhaps your most talented wide receiver early on in the year, the fact that uh, even in some of the losses, they were really tight games where if one or two things go differently, you end up winning. 
Um, so I think the biggest thing is just the talent that is returning on this team. I know that's not any type of incredible observation, but when you have a defense, guys like Sean Gary and, and Chase Winovich and Devin Bush and the rest, I mean, it's going to be a great defense. Offensively, you're almost guaranteed to be better than, than you were last season. Look, watching, rewatching some of these games was not the most fun thing ever. <laughs> Uh, especially coming from the Big 12, where I'm used to seeing you know, a, a lot of offense. But you have the promise of Shea Patterson uh, likely going to step in and be your man at quarterback. And maybe it's a little too soon to say that definitively, but, but you have to think he's going to be the guy there. Um, and then you have a guy like Tariq Black, who I was really impressed with just through the, I think, the three games he played. He'll be back, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, and then you return the bulk of your rushing game, of course, with Tron Higdon and Chris Evans. Uh, as for the offensive line, yeah, that, that was that was really shaky last year. It was evident. You could tell how I don't think any of the three quarterbacks who played ever felt fully comfortable. Uh, but you have to think that line improves a little bit. So you look at, hey, you won eight games last year. You were competitive in some other games. Uh, it, it's hard to see things going anywhere but up. And really, when you look at it, you know, 85, that, that sounds bad. It seems like there's some missed opportunities on the table. Um, when you kind of look at just the context of the year, the talent you lost, the changes that you had to go under on offense, uh, I, I think it's easy to see why this year at least should set up to, to have a much better result. Well, a good segment of the fan base, Cody, is focused on why we do or don't have an official offensive coordinator. And I guess yeah. if, if you win, it just doesn't matter. But most schools do have uh, an offensive coordinator. What's your take on that whole situation, Cody? I um, that, That's something I'm still getting used to. When I was doing uh, some of the staff at Michigan, we were going through their... Uh, kind of what the weekly media availabilities would be like. I, I kind of made the, the <laughs> I let slip. I kind of said, oh, so, so when, do you record, when do your coordinators technically talk? And uh, <laughs> David Ablock up there kind of laughed and said, well, we don't have an offensive coordinator. I said, oh, my gosh, that's right. You know, that's, that's easy to, to forget. Uh, and I'll just be honest, personally, I'm not a huge fan of that. I think the team, not that I've been around forever, but, but I think teams tend to function better when there's kind of one voice on offense, one person who has the, not, I mean, I, I think Coach Harbaugh has the final say, the one person is really uh, in control of calling the play. Number one, your process becomes more cohesive. I think it's easy for the players because you have a very clear voice of who you answer to. There's one person you go to if you have a question or an explanation or if you mess something up. So yeah, when you look between Harbaugh and, and McElwain and Hamilton, I feel like that's kind of too many voices trying to accomplish one goal. I think you have three coaches who know what they're doing and all have uh, the capability to be good play callers, but I, I find it very strange. Personally, I think you're better off establishing one guy as an offensive coordinator, but uh, I, I assume there's some sort of method to this madness here as well. Well, the questions on the offense we all have, they're fun to talk about, and things like the offensive coordinator, will we have one, will we not? Uh, but one thing we do know is the defense wins championships, and you've seen some good defenses at Oklahoma through the years, Cody, but this is a loaded defensive unit, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> I would not say I saw good defense in my, my two years at Oklahoma and, and uh, even before that, covering Oklahoma State. Uh, defense was really lacking in the Big 12. Uh, 
although there were some talented players. Uh, but, but I think this Michigan unit should easily be the best overall defensive unit um, I've had the privilege to cover. And, yeah, it's really exciting. I think Don Brown playing with his 4-2-5 ace, and, you know, a guy like Lee Hudson at the Viper, there's some things that makes this defense interesting and exciting. Uh, but, but And you're just returning so much talent. We've talked about already some of the guys from the front seven who are just unbelievable. I think the secondary is just as interesting. And you're returning talent there, too. A guy like Robert Hill had a really good year last year, but it seems, you know, watching him a little more closely, uh, that especially kind of in man situations, he has the, the, the capability to just become even better. And if he has the offseason like he envision, you know, how good can Robert Hill be? How good can your secondary be? How many... Uh, potential first-round draft picks are on the defense right now. You know, I, I don't know. I think Gary for sure. Uh, a guy like Bush, maybe Winovich, Hill, uh, maybe even a couple other guys all have the potential to be first-round draft picks. So that, that tells you a lot about this defense. One of the most interesting things I found looking back on stuff from last year was just the fact Michigan uh, ranked first in the country in third-down defense last season, which I didn't realize before. That kind of speaks to, number one, how good they are because third down defense is so often where games are, are won and lost. It kind of tells you a lot about the offense, too, the fact that your defense was the best in the country on third down. You still only won eight games. Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult to replicate that kind of third down success, even though your defense should be just as good, if not better. Uh, but, but anyway, that was the, the most interesting thing I found um, from watching last year's group. I, I really can't wait to see what this this group will be all about and just kind of what Big Ten defenses in general are all about. Well, I think, as we've talked about, no one is too concerned about that defense. The offense is going to be a question mark uh, until we get down to South Bend. I think maybe the mm-hmm. fan base and their, their biggest concern, it's one of mine, though, it, it's the schedule. And I don't know if any team in the country yeah. has a tougher schedule, Cody. I think ESPN says Michigan right now second toughest uh, in the country and you play your big three rivals on the road Notre Dame Michigan State and Ohio State and then you come back and have Penn State and Wisconsin at home and you have Northwestern on the road too which can be a trap game that is just a a brutal schedule yeah absolutely I think if you're a fan and you're concerned about that schedule you uh, are absolutely right Uh, when I was still interviewing for this job I kind of pulled up the Michigan schedule and I said Oh, hey, uh, as, as a journalist, as a writer, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's some cool road trips. There's some big games. If I'm looking at that from the perspective of a coach and I see, hey, we've got, got to go on the road to face our three biggest rivals. Hey, we've got a couple of more, couple more really challenging uh, Big Ten games at home. You know, even I, I wouldn't write off a non-conference game like SMU as just a, a walk in the park. So it's a tough, tough schedule, and even the most talented team, you know, you could see how uh, they could drop two or three games, you know, easily in a schedule like that. It's going to test this team's will. It's going to test their coaching. It's going to test their experience and leadership. Uh, I mean, this is the Big Ten. You're always going to have some challenging games, but I think, yeah, like you mentioned, the fact that you go on the road, you know, at South Bend, at Columbus, at East Lansing, uh, that's daunting that's scary and then also the fact that you open that Notre Dame you don't have a week or two to kind of tune up and especially when you're talking about a new quarterback and, 
potentially some new wrinkles in the offense. You might want a week or two to get acclimated. You're not going to get that. You're going to, you know, wake up and you're going to go to South Bend and you're going to right away kind of everything's going to be on the table. If you lose that game, uh, the rest of the season looks very daunting. You know, granted, if you win that game, hey, you're feeling great. Maybe this is this this is kind of the year, but it speaks to just one of the many challenges on Michigan's schedule. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch, but anyone who's a little bit worried is uh, has every reason to be. This team could be an improved football team, a vastly improved team, and still easily lose two or three games. For sure, like I said, just on paper, you look at the talent, especially on the defense, the level of NFL talent that's going to be there. It's one of the best in the country. I don't see how you could not include Michigan in, in a preseason top 10 um, if you're in that business. But um, like I said, I'm not a big fan of saying, I think this team will win X number of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, man, to, to envision a team you know, running the table with a schedule like this, uh, I, I think that is a very... Uh, you know, this uh, this team would have to be very special to pull off something like that. You know, if you, if you win 10 games on a schedule like this, I think you kind of have to hang your hat on that. But I know the standards and the bar around here are a lot higher, and the fan base is anxious for kind of a year where they can finally say, hey, we've kind of returned to the mountaintop. So it's, uh, it's going to be so much fun to watch. There's so many storylines and, and just the difficulty of it all. Um, trying to make it that much more interesting. So, uh, anyway, that's that's my perspective. Well, you know, Cody, some of the Michigan fan base started getting antsy last season uh, when it comes to the direction of the program under Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I, at least from the inside, we could feel it. We heard it. I, I don't think nationally it was too much of a, a something that was talked about. And I know you're new to the beat. What are your initial thoughts on just where this program is under the direction of Coach Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, I think this this was a question that did appear nationally quite a bit. And even when I was kind of talking to people about this job, you know, people who weren't connected to Michigan in any way, or just people back in Oklahoma, I would hear a lot of, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if Harbaugh's going to be there, uh, you know, for another year or two. I don't think that's, uh, personally, I don't know how accurate that is, but it's a thought that certainly exists out there, even nationally. Uh, but coming in, I think I've already got the sense of, why Jim Harbaugh is important to this community, why he's, uh, you know, this fan base is so taken with him, despite the concerns of last year, the concerns about the direction of the program. Uh, I agree with kind of this thought that, hey, there are really no excuses this year. You have all the talent by getting Shea Patterson, getting him eligible in theory. You should have the type of quarterback that Harbaugh has wanted since he has been here. So this should be the year that kind of clarifies. If you struggle this year, I think any concerns about the direction of the program are incredibly valid. That's kind of a situation you get yourself into when you hire a guy who is an alum, who was kind of your dream coach. Is like, where do you go other than Jim Harbaugh? Like, who's going to come in and, and be better for this job and this program? That's a, that's a hard question to answer, but I think that's why Jim Harbaugh has the pressure of having to just eliminate that question by, by winning games. If you do that, if you have the year Michigan fans hope you have, then all these questions go away really quickly. Uh, so I think this is a season that's going to clarify a lot about the Harbaugh era at Michigan. 
like I said, I've, I've very quickly come to understand a lot more about, uh, especially reading about the Hoke era and the Rodriguez era, learning, learning a lot more about why Jim Harbaugh is important to uh, the Michigan community as, as, in a way as more than a football coach, but at the same time, how do you balance um, kind of that Harbaugh persona with the fact that it's really time to see some some big-time results? I think that's a, a just a fascinating question, one I'll probably be writing a lot about in the year ahead. Um, so anyway, I, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but that's kind of my take on the whole Harbaugh situation. Well, we're just about two months away from the opener down in South Bend, and, and that's when we'll start getting answers to a lot of our questions. Uh, again, my guest today has been Cody Stavenhagen from the Athletic Detroit. Cody, it's good to have you on the Michigan Beat. And I invite our listeners that aren't already subscribers to visit the Athletic website and sign up. It's great stuff. We look forward to following your work and having you back on the show soon. So thanks for your time, Cody. And again, welcome to the Michigan Beat. Yeah, thank you so much. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, thanks again to Cody Stavenhagen from The Athletic Detroit for being my guest today. He is a very talented young writer, and it's great to have him on the Michigan Beat. He will be back in the fall to share his insights on Michigan football. When this show airs, I'll be up north enjoying my one and only week of vacation for this summer. In August, we return to our weekly schedule and begin the previews for the fast-approaching season. Until then, let's enjoy the calm before the storm known as Michigan football. Next week, I hope to have this month's Michigan Man Extra for you. I'd like to tell you who the guest is, but even I'm not sure at this point. I'll give you a heads up on Facebook and Twitter when that show is ready to publish. We'll wrap up our summer schedule during the last week of the month when Steve Lorenz returns for a monthly recruiting update. It has been an extraordinary month on the recruiting scene, so we'll have a lot to talk about. Remember, our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Wolverine Sports Radio. Make sure you have one of those apps ready to go so you can tune us in each week, starting in August, when we return to weekly programming and get ready for a crucial season for Jim Harbaugh and Michigan football. That will do it for another edition of The Michigan Man. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to tell your Wolverine family and friends about the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go blue.